been here before. We've been in a final. Since I started doing Three Red Kings, we have been in finals. Okay? That hasn't really been the problem. We've made... What? Since 2011. I wasn't doing TRK in 2014, 2015, but we made one there. We made one in uh, 2016, 2017. And then we were back in a final uh, in 2021, during the pandemic. Um... So that's two really I've covered. There's been some big semi-finals and stuff like that, but we've seen a lot of these games. We've seen a lot of big prove-it games from Munster. Um, and this is, I think, ahead of schedule. There's been a lot of talk about bonus territory over the last couple of days. Jean Klein reigned... Uh, some fire and venom down on uh, some guy who, you know, spoke to him about bonus territory during the week. Uh, I think Graham Rowntree did so today also. Because bonus territory implies that we're just happy to be here. That, sure isn't it great that we're making a final? Isn't that wonderful? It's not really. Finals are, they're there for only one thing. And I can tell you that because I've gone back and I've watched... Munster versus Glasgow up in Ravenhill. I watched Munster versus the Scarlets in the Aviva Stadium. And I watched Munster versus Leinster in the RDS. And they were not just nice to be there. They're only ever nice to be there if you win. Other than that, they mean absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. There is no honour. There is no respect. There is no history in being the team who came second in any final and that's true for the minute things get competitive whenever that is uh, for pro sports coming second is nowhere so for the idea of bonus territory in this game to me that just doesn't stack up at all because bonus territory is winning that's what this is Like that's the only bonus territory that there is here Munster have earned their way into this final. Munster have earned the right to contest this game to be the champions of the URC. And coming second, there's no bonus in that. Losing this final, there's no bonus in that. There's a lot of things that don't matter. This being Munster's first season doesn't matter. Um, this being the first season of a coaching group doesn't matter. This being... Um, Kind of probably the last chance of winning silverware for Munster for the likes of Keith Earls and maybe others doesn't matter because we've been there before you've seen all this before we go back to 2014-2015 Paul O'Connell's last game for Munster was getting walloped by Glasgow in a Pro 14 for a Pro 12 final whatever it was um, in 2016-2017 the emotional season that that was draining something like something like out of a movie the movie ending there would be Munster beating Scarlets and lifting that trophy in the memory of Anthony Foley. Didn't happen. You look then at that uh, last opportunity that CJ Stander and Billy Holland had to lift meaningful silverware for Munster uh, before they retired. Didn't happen either. This game doesn't give you what the story says you should get. Munster's season this year started with five losses in seven games. It turned around in Porky Cueve and it ended up in 
hard, hard to say where we got here, you know, because like you look at the second half of the season, we had some good results, you know, winning away to Benetton at the start of the Six Nations window was a great result. You look at the the Scarless game ended up being quite a good result, given how well they, you know, would end up playing from literally the second half of that game on almost to the end of the season. You look at the uh, away win against Ulster was very important as well. Um, there's been flashes in this team that have shown this is what we're capable of. And yeah, look, it is year one of a fairly comprehensive rebuild. You look at the number of players who are leaving this year and who have already left. This is a massive rebuild. But when it comes to bonus territory, nobody is thinking that if Munster lose this game. We're here to win. And we're here to compete for this game to win it not getting much of a chance in a lot of different places South Africans certainly think this is going to be a slam dunk win for the Stormers um, I'm not sure I agree but you know I, I'm not sure anybody would, would expect me to think any different uh, it's going to be an incredibly challenging game that's for sure it's going to be uh, a game for where I think that we're going to have to go to the well we're going to have to go deep to win this game but fundamentally I think that we are a bad matchup for this Stormer side and if we play our game to the level that we're capable of playing, we'll win. And that is the tantalizing part. Because, like I said, I've watched the last three finals that we've been in. Each time, you could say that we limped in. And, like, you look at the, the first two, we played the Ospreys both times. At home, I would say, in Thomond Park. Struggled to put them away, both in 2014-2015 and in 2016-2017 kind of an omen we weren't going in there with a whole ton of momentum uh, in either on all three finals actually the, the, you know the one with the Pro 14 in uh, 2021 was unfortunate because that ended up just because of the way the pandemic was at the time the final was scheduled for the first game after the Six Nations so Leinster rotated a ton of guys we actually had a fresher team but we came in cold and played cold and you know, a rotated Leinster team won another Pro 14 title. We have a bunch of guys with run, runner-up medals. And you wouldn't even, like, when I, when I was talking to, I was talking to, like, um, Robbie the other day, Squidge, and, like, he said, oh, you know, first time since 2011. It's just like, no, no, we've actually lost three finals since. Nobody remembers who comes second in these finals. So that's the job. Be remembered. The only way you be remembered in this game is winning, is lifting that trophy. It's going to be incredibly difficult. But... They're going to be bolstered by the fact that thousands of Munster fans are making the journey from Ireland, from all over Europe, from the USA, from Africa, from Asia, from fucking Australia to, to Cape Town, South Africa, to support Munster in this game in the DHL Stadium. Um, it has truly been a remarkable couple of, of, of weeks, I suppose, in the build-up to this, where... I suppose one of the big drawbacks that people would have in, you know, in a, a, a European team playing a final or a big game in, in South Africa is that travelling supporters won't be there. Not in this case. Munster fans knew and know the importance and they want to be there for this. And because we know the importance of this, the TRK Secret Club in the last two or three weeks um, realised that for the quarter final. Um, the users in there, Patricia uh, and Keelan and uh, Gerald Slattery and a couple of other guys. Uh, I said that very much like a teacher, roll calling, or saying something very good about the class. Uh, well, I am going to say something very good about the class. 
Um, we won that game with all three of those people in the front row watching on. So they double down. Why not go to the Aviva? Why not go to see that game? Semi-final, same people are there. They also win. Now it's a big ask. These people go to Cape Town. It would be a massive ask. It's very expensive. So the secret club crowdfunded. And in under three hours, we had flights, we had hotels, we had a few drinks, we had a few pint money as well. And there they are. They're down in South Africa right now. And earlier on today, I had a brief word with them. And we're just going to... Literally, there's nothing more to it except I just want an update from Cape Town. What is happening? Patricia, Keelan, uh, other Tom, and Gerard, unfortunately, couldn't make it because he's too shook. What's going on in Cape Town right now? Um, well, there's monsters for us. Is the main thing. What kind like, of number? What kind of numbers are we talking about? Fifteen, twenty thousand uh, people. Yeah, I mean, what's the stadium hold? Fifty-five thousand. I'd say we're probably at about fifty-three and a half now at the minute, <laughs> yeah. just from what I've seen walking around. Um, we were our flight was like mainly monster supporters coming over. The flight, the pilot when he was landing, sort of shouted out the the travelling support. Um, How many bars of so stand up and fight did he sing? Sorry. How many bars of stand up and fight did he sing? Oh, he well, he sang the whole of Zombie as we were flying into Cape Town. So oh, that's good. It, 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 was, it was it was great. Well, we um, they know we're here. Like very very good. Uh, what's the weather like there this morning? And what's it supposed to be like? Uh, for the game. What's the weather like? It's sort of half overcast. Um, it's pretty warm. Although we were getting an Uber back to the hotel, and the uh, the Uber driver was like. This is the coldest that it's been in ages. This is a day for bed. We do not want to be out in this weather. It's too cold for us. And we're all wearing shorts and t-shirts going around forest. It's like, yes, they are rattled already. They don't like it <laughs> up them with the weather. <laughs> so what are your feelings on the game? Like, how are you feeling like right now with the game coming up tomorrow? What are your thoughts? Bury them. <laughs> Bury them, yeah. Probably, you know what? I hope that that's the like that's all they write on the on the whiteboard. You know they have that kind of the ascending clock yeah. at the top. It's just bury them. Um. So yeah. So like so with, with the the nerves and stuff. Are you at the nerve stage of it yet, or what's the story? I'm not. I think that that'll be t- probably tomorrow for me. We did meet a man um on the street after we had breakfast who went. I just met Graham Roundtree in the bathroom, and he told me that John Hodnett is starting and Simon is on the bench. And we were like, okay, sure you did. And then five, five minutes later, the team sheet came out and that was what was happening. So I think he did actually tell him. Graham Roundtree leaking details in the bathroom. <laughs> it's one of those weekends I can feel it. Um, yeah, so like the, I suppose if you're, you're in the stadium tomorrow, like what are you looking out for? Like having, you know, watch Munster all season. And I, I assume watch this game uh, from a couple of weeks ago, six weeks ago now. Um. Do you feel confident of a win here? Yeah. Yeah, I think there's no point in not feeling confident about a win at True. this I mean, stage. You are in Cape Town. You might as well. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to go to the other side of the planet, <laughs> you might. You might. You might we were making positive. The, the sort of twenty-two hour journey to not think that they were going to win. I think that if they had won over here, sort of early in the season, it wouldn't hold much in terms of this game. But they literally just did it, so I see no reason why. They won't feel that they can't do it again, and we—I think we all feel that they can do it again. Yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 I kind of—I'm at the same place at the moment. Like I'm, I'm doing. I mean, this is going to go 
to the magic of editing into a section on the Blood and Thunder podcast. It's going to be seamless. It's going to be like, as in, I might not even include this bit, although I probably will. Um, <laughs> when I'm looking at Stormers for this game, I kind of still think that we're a nightmare matchup for them um, if we play well. And like, I suppose one of the biggest things, like breakdown for me is just colossal mm. here. But like, I suppose looking at the team that's been named, because it, it's, well, it's 20 to two over here now. Um, what are your thoughts on the team? We were saying, weren't we, about the bench. I thought, we thought the bench was really interesting, especially we were looking at the sort of, the Snyman Candelan sort of pair as the forwards on the bench. Yeah, thinking about bringing on that level of pace, size and murderousness. There is a lot. The there is a lot of that. There is a lot of that. Yeah. One of RG's best parts is the all the or, murder. Or, or, like a Cheshire cat while doing, Candelan will be expressionless. It's yeah. a great combination. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, it's it's good. Like as in, and, and what are your plans now today? You said you're going to a game. Yeah, so there's a there's a match in Athlone, which look. Do you know what? <laughs> Just knit We're back. Go to a match in Athlone. Yeah, Western Province versus the um, the Gophers who used to be is the they're they're the lies that used to be in the Pro Fourteen, isn't it? The the who the cheetahs? The Lions. Oh, it's 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 the other. It like they're the team that's below the 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 Emirates Lions, the Golden Lions. I think the they baby are. like. So. So yeah, we're going to show for them against Western Province because Province are Stormers and fuck Stormers. Exactly, and you know what? I look at I look at Stormers and I look at my mentions this week. Um, it feels a lot like a Leinster week, weirdly enough. But then I had a few South Africans tell me that uh, Stormers are the Leinster of South Africa. So look, it now it all makes sense. Now it, I, so I, can, I can understand it now. So well, if Stormers are the Leinster of South Africa, that's grand because we already beat the Leinster of Leinster. So exactly. So I mean, look, the maths wor- the maths work out. Um, so <laughs> you have to tell uh, Garold, um, he's soft. First of all, he needs to get up. <laughs> needs to not be in fucking bed when I'm calling to do this. <laughs> Garold recruited Canadian couple who are here for non non rugby related reasons to the point to which and source them tickets that come into the match show the they? monster tomorrow. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. I take it back. It he has redeemed himself. That's actually brilliant. Um so what I'm gonna do is I'm going to give you a call tomorrow after the game and hopefully things are gonna get real manic. Um so I'm I'm kinda of looking forward to that. How long after the game? Um, well, do you know, depends because like, I'm, I'm actually down at the beach right now myself. So I'm kind of like whenever I get Wi-Fi, really, and hopefully like my heart rate will have returned to a semi-normal level. Um, so we can have a, won't. a somewhat coherent conversation. Um, but yeah, so you're going to a game tonight. Um, if you're in the TRK Secret Club, if you're listening to this, you, you are, you should be. Or if you're one of those people who I know are listening who don't subscribe, get in fucking pay on Patreon, you fucking cheap fuckers, and go into the TRK Secret Club. Then you can look in and you can see uh, if you just keep updating photos and just shit from today. That'd be brilliant. And uh, my tasks for the Secret Club will begin probably tomorrow on Saturday in the morning in the build up to this game. So thank you very much for joining me. Thank you very much for going all the way to fucking Cape Town. Um, and um, <laughs> yeah really no I, I'm, I'm delighted you're over there and I'm like just have a great time so we can all kind of live vicariously through you while you're there um, so yeah thank you very much and I'll talk to you again after the game that's 
the type of intensity that I like to see. And their story is a story that hundreds, thousands of other Munster fans are experiencing right now. On the build-up to this during the week on Twitter, I saw people with their passports. I saw people drinking their pint in the airport. I saw people embarking on planes. I saw people taking photographs out the window with the planes of Africa dun, 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 underneath them. I saw them landing in Cape Town. I saw them singing, drinking, having a good time in Cape Town, wearing the red, wearing their monster gear. It's beautiful to see it. It shows that it's been 12 years since Monster have won anything, but the connection is just as strong. The thing actually that people have been looking to try and doubt the most, I would say, over the last couple of years, the last insult, so to speak, is that even the Monster fans are deserting them now. That's been one of the that's been one of the preferred methods of shithousing in the press over the last couple of years, and it's never really been true at all. Uh, because sometimes, you know what, we've been living in tumultuous times. I remember back earlier this year, in November, actually before that, when the tickets for Munster versus South Africa, Select 15, which is what it was marketed as. Remember, the Bristol Bears had fucking Sia Khaleesi and Ibn Etzebeth on their posters. Munster said from the start, this is a Springbok, or the South Africa Select 15, not even an A-side, realistically speaking. That thing sold out in two weeks. 41,000 people went on a Thursday, a wet Thursday, in November to watch Munster in Parky Cueve and Munster, on a desperately bad run, played their fucking guts out in front of 41,000 people, won the game and sent thousands of people, me included, walking back down into the city. People were singing zombie, people were singing set up and fight, they were singing the fields, walking in the buzz that was there. That connection is always there. It has to be given a reason to ignite at times, which is the same as all beliefs. Munster is a religion, I think. Um, And I think that you have to have your benedictions. You have to have your moments. And I think that over the last couple of weeks, uh, when I think back to Thoman Park in, when was it, March? Munster were playing Glasgow. I was commentating on that game. And all around me, at halftime, I could see Munster fans getting up and leaving because Munster were, after getting bombed out of it, a desperately poor performance. Um, and Glasgow showed up, played really well, and beat us out the gate at home. We had nothing for them. And um, to go from there to where we are now with thousands of people getting on a plane to the other side of the planet, um, it takes big performances, it takes a lot of guts it takes determination it takes performances and that's what we've had over the last couple of weeks um this run that monster have been on is already verging on legendary if you ask me um six away games on the trot and not just any six away games away to the stormers away to the sharks away to glasgow away to leinster then you have your fifth game uh, the final this coming weekend um, that is a formidable run of games away from home playing at home is what everybody wants Munster would love for this game to be to be played in Thoma Park but when I look at 
the run that we've been on, which mirrors exactly almost, certainly in the playoff stages, what Scarlets did to us in 2016, 2017. Because remember, I was watching these games back and I saw the Scarlets beat Glasgow away in the quarterfinal and then Leinster away in the semifinal. Uh, Munster heading into this game with a little bit of symmetry that way. But when you have an opportunity like this to play back to back to back away from home, it does harden you. It does toughen your game up it does give you a measure of momentum that winning at home is is great it's expected though winning on the road in rugby is incredibly hard so for Munster were we to win this final the hard way title of 2023 I don't think you could look at any other uh, sequence of games in this in, in, in rugby in European club rugby over the last 10 20 years where there's been a more difficult schedule. And we might go, oh, well, no, there's this, they're like, going to South Africa to play the Stormers, beating them, going to the Sharks, being down 20-odd points or whatever it was, coming back to tie that game up, should have won it in the end. Going away to Glasgow, unbeaten there all season long, beating them. Going to the Aviva Stadium, they haven't lost there since the Saracens uh, beat them in 2021 or 2020. Munster beat them. Uh, and now we're on to a final here against the Stormers, whose home result we took in um, the first game on this on this leg of hard way away games. So that's kind of the the build that we've had coming into this, where the Stormers have been at home, they've been cozy, they've put away the Bulls, they've put away Connacht eventually. Um, we, on the other hand, have been jetting back and forth thousands of kilometers and it all comes down to this all comes down to this game and you know it was going to be a very difficult moment to pick the team for this you look at the guys who've been playing well over the last couple of uh, of, of weeks I could name you a 24 25 maybe 26 players who would deserve to be in this um, uh, final but there's only so many and you know you've got to make tough choices and I think we have made tough choices you look at the Stormers over the last couple of, uh, of of weeks they've been doing a lot of talking a lot of talking and when I whenever I see any club talking in the press be it through their patsies in the media or be it themselves where they are talking and, and, and flapping their gums about a lot of different things that I see weakness there. When I saw the Stormers, and, and bear in mind, they were talking this week about how, oh, it's unfortunate that that was leaked um, to the media. This is like, my guy, that was on your official Twitter account. He posted that. When they were jumping and hooping and hollering, when they were, you know, found out they weren't going to have to play Leinster. That, to me, was weakness. When I saw them talking about how we don't like those monster players, they've got uh, we've got a we've got a bit of a needle with them, and you see these guys moaning and complaining. John Dobson waffling repeatedly, constantly, and I believe me, I waffle on podcasts every week, and I know a waffler when I fucking see one. This guy talking like writing bad fan fiction, um, it's. I, I don't know it's like that to me comes across as weakness Munster I, what I like this year is that Munster 
don't have to talk shit at all in the media at all and the thing is I've been on these press conferences you look at the way that Graham Rowntree composes you know like um, comports himself I would say in these press conferences there's no room for bullshitting there's no room for you know sly kind of media games where you know you've got fellas winking and nodding and you know trying to play the game in the press Munster don't have time for that and Munster don't really do that so it's like I, I think that's been refreshing in a way because I look at you know Dobson in the last couple of days for the Stormers I'm just like lads how do you fucking stick it how do you be dealing with this waffling and nonsense so what I like about Munster is that we haven't gone down that road at all you know when lads have been talking about bonus territory you know they've they've, they've reared up in them because look we are we, we have the right to be here we have probably one of the most difficult away runs since the Scarlets actually and they didn't have to go to South Africa the two weeks prior. So I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, um, you know, that sort of chat, that sort of talk. And, you know, they were talking again today about how, geez, you know, we, 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 we know how to be mean. You know, I'm like, lads, stop with this Disney Plus shit. It sounds whack. I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, how is anybody taking this seriously? You know, I started last week and hearing about them like about, oh, you know, the Munster players, they were roughing us up. They were this, that and the other. I'm like, okay, you know, you could probably be playing, trying to play the referee with that. But some of the stuff today, I'm like, who is this? Who is this for, man? This is not roiling anybody up in Munster. It's not roiling referees up. It's just making yourself look soft and weak. Not sure that's what the Stormers were going for there. But like I said, there's some bad literature there but yeah I suppose like that's kind of where we're at you know I think that you know for Munster the big thing is like I said I've watched these games over and over again um play the game not the moment um I think the last couple of finals that we've been in you could say the one against Leinster we were you know decidedly second best and to be fair we can see now through the benefit of hindsight we were never beating that like like that version of Leinster was never getting beaten by that version of Munster um, and I think that played out fairly true but I go back and I look at that Scarless game and we were blown out of it but we were blown out of it because in 11 minutes we conceded 21 points in the first half just an absolute mental and physical collapse but look lads were fucked up injury wise you know burned out mentally you know, after, I mean, the season itself, I mean, don't have to explain to you why that would be a burnout. Um, but you look at the game against Glasgow as well, and like I said, we were just not at the same, we weren't at the races. Like, that was a team that was degrading. And I always think, looking back at those two ones in particular, that we ended up playing the moment, not the game. Do it for Pauly. Because we've all been in those dressing rooms, you know, where fellas, he's, he's leaving or he's retiring or he's, you know, he's stopping playing after this and looking into the fella's eyes and said look into his eyes and telling me which one of you is going to let him down which one of you is going to let that guy down that stuff can work but again you've got to be very careful not to play your play your final before you step out into the field I think sometimes looking back at that Scarlet's game in particular we came out flat we came out and Scarlet's kind of roped up just a small bit we started out 3-0 but then just kind of fell away and the energy looked to be falling out of us same with the the game against Leinster to be honest but that was consistent over the years so 
I think if Munster can avoid the the mental burnout and the mental duress that comes with you're playing a final, this is a massive game. This is a massive game for all of you. And just go out and play the game and play it with the same purpose, say it's play it with the same belief, same play it with the same aggression and physicality that we did um six weeks ago today when we beat the Stormers in Cape Town. We can win this game, 100%. Um, let's have a look at who uh, John Dobson has uh, creatively picked for this um, game. Uh, let's have a look at their team. Again, the Stormers have been playing really well this season. I mean, I think you could you could look at them and say, look, well, they didn't finish in the they didn't finish in the top um, top two, and that they had a difficult end of you know run at the end of the season. But that shouldn't distract from the fact they're a very good team. And the fact that they've they've managed to change up their game this season while still making it to this stage is actually very impressive. And I think that you you have to give them credit for what they've produced in the field. And like they've had a few difficulties with injuries during the year. I think Salman Morat is a guy who was outstanding for them last year. I don't think he's played all season for them. And like I will say that like the last time like I saw Munster play the Stormers, and I think it was the first game of the season of URC one. And I remember coming out thinking, these guys are fucking brilliant. And, like, they were the best side, or one of the best sides I saw playing in Tolman Park all year. And, like, we, we, we beat them that day. Um, got a good comeback. But RG Snemo was in the bench that day as well, by the way. But, yeah, look, I think that the, the quality of the Stormers is, you know, without doubt. The Disney Plus fucking chat they have. Uh, a lot remains to be desired. Um... But yeah, looking at the Stormers back three, Damien Willemsa, their best player, Angelo Davids and uh, Leoland Zass uh, make up their back three. Uh, Willemsa is their top guy for me. He is an outstanding athlete. He is an incredibly talented player. His game IQ is massive. He shows up exactly where you'd want him to be. And a lot of what the Stormers have been doing offensively and the changes they've made this season, I think, are to get the best out of Damien Willemsa. Not necessarily as a midfielder, but more as a fullback. Because um, he's been he played a bit of 12 this season as well. He actually played a 12 when we played them last. I'm not sure if that's true, but either way, he is a really talented player for them. And I think the changes they've made to their kicking game and their, their, their kicking tendencies this season have been in large part because you want to get this guy on ball as much as possible. What Stormers have done this year is they've moved to a more counter-transition based game. So a lot of what you'll see from them here will be, you know, mid to long distance kicking that they will look to try to kick to our back three. Um, Munster will try to counter. Uh, They will try to make up ground with their wingers, Davids and Zass, um, along with uh, Hakjiva Diamani um, and shut us down you know, with them advancing onto us, our forward still resetting, looking for breakdown turnovers, which is different from Leinster's version of counter-transition because they do go for breakdown turnovers, but they don't do it to the same volume that, that the Stormers do, certainly with Dion Fury as well, who's back uh, playing for them uh, after an injury. So the dangers with that are that you hand up sloppy transitions to this Stormers team and they're incredibly talented. Like, you, I would say, like, because, again, when I'm speaking counter-transition, and if you've been listening to these podcasts this season, the first thing you'll think is counter-transition equals Ireland and Leinster. And there are a lot of similarities. I went over them in the, the Red Eye, which is already out uh, on Patreon and in your inboxes if you're a digital subscriber. Um, 
there are a lot of similarities between um, what Leinster do and what the Stormers do but there are some key differences the breakdown tendencies are one of them uh, the other one of them is that they don't have the same variety of kickers in their backline like uh, Angelo Davids and Leo Linzas are not in the same league when it comes to um, we'll say a James Lowe or a Jimmy O'Brien when it comes to being like balanced fo- footballers we'll say the kicking that they do is a large part of why they're in that Leinster system and, and probably in the Irish system as well um, Damien Williams says a great kicker uh, Manny Libach is a great pl- uh, kicker Ruhan Nail and, and Dan Duplessis are capable of short range kicking but again not guys I'd want under pressure swinging their boot at the ball so that is a difference maker which means that they do attack on transition a little bit more than what Leinster would do and they are actually a, a good bit better I would say at hurting you direct on the first or second phase of transition the Stormers are um, they've carried way less this season than what they did last year they're looking for the same level of efficiency that Leinster do and in certain areas they do have the same efficiency as Leinster in the red zone they have um, a, a really really I think it's the highest in the league uh, conversion rate for entries to the 22 so for Munster we have to keep them out of there it's, it's the, the, the first bit of analysis you'll get there is they're really good in that 22 keep them out of there um, they've got heavy forwards when they need to crash it they've got talented they've got you know like crashers in midfield if they need be and electric uh, elusive pacey runners in the back line that they can that they can play with and I think you're looking at their halfbacks as well they're perfectly suited to getting what they want out of this uh, out of this game and out of this system you look at Manny Libok and Elton Yanchis oh like Ruhan Nail and Dan Duplessis are their midfielders good players like well balanced players I would say um, and I think uh, Duplessis in particular would be close enough to a Springbok call up I would say but you look at Manny Libok and Elton Yanchis at halfback um, Libok can be up and down with his goal kicking he was down against Munster uh, back in uh, six weeks ago he was up against Connacht two weeks ago so either one could happen in this game I wouldn't be giving him too many opportunities to kick at goal regardless Uh, you look at Elton Yanchis one of the best support runners after the break anywhere in the game uh, for for a scrum half Um, his pass quality dips up and down the quality of his kicking also dips up and down a lot of the reason why uh, the Stormers look to try and kick so long off 10 as they do is to take away some of that kicking responsibility from uh, the likes of Elton Yanchis who does have a, a mistake in him when it comes to his, his kicking game so a lot of their their mid to long range kicking game is based on making sure that they, the, the good kickers in their team in their back line are the guys putting their leg on the ball the most you know more often than not uh, their forwards again a fairly imposing uh, bunch of guys uh, Stephen Kitchoff, Joseph Deweba, Franz Malherba, Marvin Ori, Ruben Van Heerden, Dion Fury, uh, Hakjaiva Diamani, and Evan Roos, uh, who's back from injury. He wasn't playing uh, in the game six weeks ago. On the bench, they have JJ Kotze, they have Ali Vermark, uh, Niesling Fouche, Ben Jason Dixon, Willie Engelbrecht, Marcel uh, Thunison, Paul DeWet, and Clayton uh, Blumpjes. They have a 6 2 split. Uh, you might remember uh, Blumpjes because he was playing with the Scarlets relatively recently as well. Another guy who has a botch and a mistake in him, as well as some outstanding rugby as well. He is a guy who has both of those wolves within him competing: the good rugby wolf and the botch rugby wolf. So yeah, um, it's a look. It's a good Stormers team. 
again I would say they have weaknesses um, different to Leinster their their line out is something I think we can get at uh, we can certainly pressure Joseph Dueba he is a guy who has an inconsistent throwing action I will put it that way uh, he is a guy that you can crack with front pressure because um, again I have seen this guy have absolute stinkers like against Leinster uh, in the RDS he was Leinster's best player for that first half the errors and mistakes that were there we can 100% pressurise him in this game especially because he's so pumped up for it he was talking a lot of shit on that video that the Stormers themselves posted where he was talking about we're gonna fuck Munster up okay but when I look at um, what will really hurt Joseph Dueba is when he has to stand on that white line and the nerves are jangling and you're looking at Peter Romani and Ty Byrne standing across the way from you and you know those guys are going into your throwing lane you will start to find yourself crabbing left 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 um, and he will get himself closer to his team to the point where he is practically throwing from the fucking scrum half position um, so for Munster I suppose one thing to the referee would be watch two look out for crooked lineouts because they're coming in this game he's going to be under pressure Munster are going to put him under pressure and how he reacts to that will go a long way to deciding whether he's capable of fucking anybody up so that's going to be an interesting one and it's going, I think it's going to be an interesting question for Munster as to the balance of our game our selection uh, back three Mike Haley Calvin Nash Shane Daly midfield Antoine Frisch Malachi Fekitoa halfback Jack Crowley Connor Murray comes straight back in that's an interesting one but I'll get to it in a minute uh, the next uh, the front row Jeremy Lockman Dermot Barron Stephen Archer jean Clayne and Ty Byrne in the second row Peter Manny John Hodnett and Gavin Coombs again interesting, interesting selection there in the back row uh, on the bench Niall Scammell Josh Richerley Roman Salanoa RG Snayman Alex Kendallin Craig Casey Ben Healy and Keith Earls a 5-3 split which I think is sensible in these uh, in, in the conditions we're likely going to be playing in. it's supposed to be wet it's supposed to be it's going to be greasy on that pitch the scrum I think as a result is going to be a bit of a lottery the pitch is cutting up in situations like that referees tend to give a little bit more leeway where they're not going to penalise slips as much because the pitch is in like I was walking on a, a a bit of scrubland today on the way from the caravan park here to the beach uh, the pitch that I walked on is probably better than what Munster are going to be playing on in this game tomorrow um, so there is referees sometimes give a little bit of leeway that regards but we'll have to be solid we can't just start carting ourselves backwards we'll need to be solid against these guys we were a couple of weeks ago but different referee different circumstances you know you can't really there's no real way to judge uh, we've got to wait and see how that one goes but I think looking at this selection first of all this is a this is a, a team and certainly when you look at Conor Murray starting this is a team that we will be looking to um, contest mid to short term or mid to short range kicking when we're when we're playing in this game um, again because they're a counter transition team we don't want to answer their long kicks with long kicks of our own if you look at the way La Rochelle beat Leinster they didn't not kick they did kick but when they did kick most of the time they kicked short or contestable because you don't want a counter transition team you don't want their back three and maybe even a forward lounging around in the backfield waiting for you to kick long you've got to bring them up you've got to bring them up right where all the rest of the forwards are let's play here let's play short 
Munster are a possession team we've turned into one this year from being a sort of a hodgepodge not one thing or the other sort of team last year we've changed this year we are now a team who want possession and who can go through multiple phases we've been building our fitness all season long to be able to play this this is not something that you can decide to do one week you have to commit your fitness for the entire season your entire game all season long has to build to this game you can't just decide to be an on-ball possession team because that's what works this week you've got to be that all the time there come there's drawbacks with that but i think when you look at monsters game this year no team has had more rocks than us which means that my offensive rock work score for monster is one of the most valuable metrics that i can see at the moment because it shows me that when we hit a combined offensive rock work scoring of around 120 per quarter if we can do that we will win because it means that we're retaining the ball we are grinding down the stormers they are infringing committing penalties we know that if we drive to the corner and we take down the mall here we can drive them over and score mall tries because we've done it before we know that if we start to play off the line out or we start getting into settled phase play post transition and again those first few rocks are going to be very important which is why i think john hodnett is playing here as opposed to going for that three lock pack to start we might transition to that but i think john hodnett starting means that he's our best tackler he's actually the best tackler in the urc we know he's a high volume player in that regard but he's also a very mobile breakdown guy capable of fairly vicious and intense one-man cleans on transition it's going to be hugely important because he's also incredibly quick so that will give us an opportunity that when they kick long to us they want us to run and then kind of roll in field to the likes of evan roos so we can beat us up someone of dion fury will come in steal the ball win a penalty they march down the field and we're all of a sudden wondering how the fuck did this happen john hodnett gives us that rock protection that if he's on we will retain those first few rocks and once we start getting those first few rocks into a flow we can start picking off holes around the storm around the stormers defensive pattern it's not as easy as saying oh we'll just move the big guys around but there is an element of it you know in the way that you attack the stormers the reason why i think that we're a bad matchup for them is that when i've watched their games back they played exeter who were also a high possession team and looked awful now this was away from home the travel is not something that we can ignore but when they kicked the ball to exeter they just didn't get it back and any team who's defending for long periods and look a lot of the time it depends on like can you get strips in contact can you force turnovers because the weather is going to be a bit greasy here today that could well be possible for this final but if you are unable to get your hands back on the ball the opposition and again look you look at the at the stormers they tend to give away a lot of penalties for not rolling away like a lot of team who jackal quite a bit they need a referee to make decisions they need a referee to give them straight arm penalties whether Penardi will do that or not we don't know from what we've seen um you don't want to be giving any sort of 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 breakdown picture to Penardi or Piardi that 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 basically gives him any reason at all to think that you're obstructing the progression of play I think he's an on-ball referee but again referees are so contrary there's no saying what what a referee is or isn't but I think that's the that's the the interesting thing here is can Munster retain the ball when the Stormers kick it to us because if we can do it with the same level of efficiency that we did against Glasgow and that we did against Leinster in particular we will win we cannot be afraid of winning we can't play our final in the 10 minutes before the game just go out there and play the game that we know works because we've seen it work use the games this year 
like that, like that game against South Africa could have gotten well out of control. Munster lose that in front of 41,000 people. Who knows what happens? We show up, our breakdown works, we win. We're playing another South African team here as well. Big physical players. They play a game that we know. We've seen this game. We played it two weeks ago. We won that game and should have won it by more. We have to execute inside the five meter line. When we get there, we have to execute. If we can be efficient there, we can win this game by the 10, 15 points that South African media all think the Stormers will. I think we're a bad matchup for this team, but we have to show it. If we can show it, if we can bring that attitude, that edge that we brought the last time we played these, we'll win. And I, I keep thinking back to those guys when they heard and when they saw Munster streaming onto the field after beating Leinster, these guys were convinced that they had won a second URC title. We have to surprise them. We have to make them think something different. We have to do what we've done all season long, certainly since the, since the run-in, and that is be the bad guys. We have to show up in their home stadium again and beat them again in front of 57,000 people a big home final we have to go in there ruin it that's what bad guys do I believe we can do it and I'm I'm just kind of hoping that when I'm speaking to you tomorrow after this game on TRK Radio that I'm speaking about a trophy being lifted we can only hope thank you very much for joining me thank you very much for being a TRK subscriber I will talk to you again very very soon (laughs) 